0: Welcome to the Straight to the Point podcast, where your hosts, Dr. Paul Lawrence and Dr. Tyler Piron, will take a condensed look into some of the pressing, commonly asked questions from within our veteran community. Join Paul and Tyler as they get straight to the point to bring clarity and a better understanding to intriguing topics. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Paul Lawrence and Dr. Tyler Piron.
1: Welcome to Straight to the Point, where we address issues that are of really significant importance to veterans. Without all the jibber-jabber, we have, as always, Dr. Paul Lawrence, the former Undersecretary uh, for Benefits at the Veterans Affairs. He's no longer at the VA, so don't worry, he's not speaking in an official capacity. But as always, he has a lot of insight into what the heck do you need to do? to deal with these benefits. So today, we're going to talk about benefits for veterans with physical handicaps. And there's a lot of different programs, and they're, as always, very confusing and all sorts of rules. But Paul's
2: going to walk us through them. Welcome to the show, Paul. Hey, it's great to be with you, Tyler. And absolutely, you set it up well. There's lots of there's several different programs. I think there's five in this area. We'll go over three, but a lot of what we have is we're going to talk about is it. as explained in more detail on the website, va.gov, and I'll give some phone numbers at the end, but the general themes are important for veterans to understand what's available and how to use them. So
1: when you're a veteran that has a handicap, what kind of adaptive things
2: or what, what are we talking about here? Yeah, there's a couple of ways to think about it. So let's kind of imagine a, a veteran's journey, right? you go off, you join the military, and let's say you hurt yourself, you get injured in such a way that you now return in a wheelchair, okay? So there's a lot of different variations of this, but let's just kind of do this so we can conceptualize it, whatever. So now you could imagine living in the home, you you might imagine a traditional home is very hard for you to do. You need ramps to go in the home. Your ability to go to the bathroom, use the facility, take a shower now has changed. Your ability to cook, is now changed so there is a program that va has called special Specially adapted housing grant sah where it is a grant to you to have the home adapted so that you can now live there and this is important to understand the sah grant imagines moving walls so it is a significant thing you will undertake to do so if you qualify and we'll talk about these for all of them what happens is VA works with you to make sure these are the right things for you. You as a veteran have to go into the construction market and get bids and the like, but VA assists with some compliance to make sure it works. And then they distribute the money, disperse the money based on completion. So it's a really valuable benefit, but it can be tedious to go through the process. VA doesn't quite do it all. It relies on the veteran to engage with contractors. Depending upon where you live, that might be easy or hard. But the specially adapted housing grant is think of, you know, I got to move walls. I've really got to change the way the home works for me now because of my disability.
1: So, like if you're in a wheelchair, especially older homes, the, the hallways are narrow, the, the counters are often higher, the counter height is it's totally different if you're in a wheelchair. So things like that, bathroom facilities, showers, they would have helped adapt it. So like I live in a three-story house and it requires stairs to go up and down, would it be something like they would be able to put in an elevator? Is there some sort of cost or
2: cap yeah. of, of the benefit? Yeah. The benefits are capped. The grants are capped. You have about, need you check this on the website, about $100,000 to use over your lifetime. And you can use it in piece parts, you know, a little bit now, a little bit later. And there's some restrictions on how you can do that. The VA works with you to understand the situation. Like, for example, you live in an old home. Can it actually go through this adaptation? I mean, it, what, is, is the science behind it going to work? And then they would figure out, you know, does it make sense for you to have an elevator, for example, or change all the living space to be on one floor? So that's the part about working with the veteran that's designed to be helpful And make some sense out of it all, right? So that at the end, it all works, right? It's supposed to be, you know, appropriate for the veteran, you know, financially, you know, maintainable, sustainable in terms of just the ease and whatever. But again, it's really designed to appreciate the injury that's a result of the service and figure out how they are able to live in a home. So it's the best of intentions, make sure that you can
1: live in your home, but at the same time, the people that are, are making up the rules and enforcing them are not the contractors and not the people who know actually how to build stuff.
2: Yeah. Well, so the, the VA team that does that, from my experience, was really very good. So they have a set of rules, right? All laws have rules you have to follow to make sure things are done a certain way. okay? And it's really designed to make sure you know it works and doesn't mean maintenance all the time and the like, okay? What tends to happen though is then that gets you know then the the veteran is told go get contractors to bid on this. you got to get I think three bids to make sure you're getting a fair price and then you, VA will help them figure out which ones make the most sense and then a schedule to pay based on completion. So there's an element of that. So but getting the contractors can be the problem, right? You could imagine if you live and this was often the case, you know, in a place far out in the country, I'm I'm exaggerating a little bit, but not by much, and contractors don't really want to go there and work, it can be a problem. Or if the market for whatever you want done in your area isn't that strong and there aren't that many contractors. So that tend to be where their problems were. But once it really worked, there were many veterans who were very happy with this and really benefited from it in the way you're describing, right? Quality of life goes up tremendously. And, you know, technology is improving our ability to do the kind of things you're describing have all changed and are better. It's just, this is not, this is not comp. It's not comp. It's not complex. It just can be hard. So some benefits, you know, Hey, I'm applying for the GI bill. Everybody applies for the GI bill. You fill out the forms, you get it done 28 days later. This is special. It can be invasive. People come into your life and want to do stuff. So that's kind of probably my caveat, which is you just need to be aware about what you're going to enter into.
1: It sounds like a great program. Now we mentioned people that are in wheelchairs, but obviously there's a whole range of injuries, prosthetics and and missing yeah. limbs. What sort of categories of of people, what kind of injuries or, or disabilities? Yeah, so the way
2: to think about it is the first one, especially adaptive housing, tends to be pretty serious injuries, right? The wheelchairs get permanent and total permanent and totally disabled, requiring this kind of assistance, okay? That's that's the one grant program I've just described. There's another program with a very similar name called Special Housing Adaptation, okay? It's a little bit of... It sounds yeah, very, very similar. Yeah, very similar, okay? But this is for folks who, by and large, are injured or disabled, but not quite as much, okay? And, and the way to think about it is you don't need to move walls, okay? You don't need major construction, And so as a result, think about it this way, if you had sight problems, okay, but you are very mobile, you can move around the house, you can use the kitchen stove the way you're describing, it doesn't have to be moved, you can interact with the bathroom and the facilities like the same way, however, your sight causes problems, your sight is limited, and you need assistance. This grant is smaller because it envisions technology things sounds and noises and, and gizmos that help you navigate the home while with limited sight, okay? So on the website, it explains the different levels of the injuries that take, whatever. But those are the two programs. And the way to think about it is significant construction that requires to move the walls because you're limited in your mobility, or with less limits, you now need some technology and the like to help you live there. So the special adap- adaptation... special housing adaptation grants are smaller, about $20,000. And again, they change every year. So that's kind of what is envisioned that way.
1: So it could be something as simple as as
2: flashing fire alarms instead of a noise. Yes, that's exactly right. And again, I just gave you the easiest one to examine. There are limits. you know. it, It could be the same thing as what got you into the wheelchair, only just less. Or you're been able to figure out how to maneuver so you don't need to do as much construction so that's sort of it but they the programs envision sort of two levels if you will and grant levels that are appropriate for that so roughly
1: 20,000 and roughly 100,000 now if i move so I've, I've adapted the home and it costs 50,000 for an older home if i move say closer to family or something do i get another 50 or
2: something like that or is there you said there's a yeah. lifetime cap yeah let's say you let's say you you you're in the first category category especially adaptive housing the one hundred thousand dollars it's hundred thousand dollars over your life so if you renovated your home in the way you're describing spent fifty thousand dollars you still have fifty thousand dollars for the rest of your life to deal with any things if you move to a new home for example okay their lifetime they're the way to think about that's the lifetime value, the maximum value of the grant over your lifetime. And again, it would probably change over time. So by the time you move five years later, the, the remaining 50 could be 53 or something like that, based sure. on how it gets adjusted upward every year. So you mentioned that there's a third
1: program right. to help people with disabilities with, yeah. with their homes and, and adaptive things.
2: This imagine somebody who has an injury who comes home and lives in a temporary situation first before they go into their ultimate situation. So you could imagine I've been injured. I come home and live with my parents. Okay. Not an an infrequent occurrence, right? This is called temporary, temporary residence adaptation. So temporary residence, you adapt it, right? So same kind of thing. It is a smaller grant and it's based on which one of the other two you need moving in the walls or, you know, technology and the like that helps you but it imagines temporary so for example in the first two especially uh, adaptive housing especially housing adaptation they check to make sure you own the home or you will own the home in the temporary residence adaptation it's more like the someone in your family I'm being a little loose with the definition own the home mom and my example or you know a family member so the temporary part makes some sense and again it's a grant to be used. So you could imagine exactly what I said. I return from service. I'm injured. I I will eventually go into my own home. But in the interim, I will live at home with mom and dad. I will need some accommodations to make it livable. That's what the temporary residence adaptation grant envisions.
1: And what is the financial cap on
2: that one? If you know, if you you qualify for the specially adaptive housing, it's like $40,000. You qualify for the other one. I think it's six or eight thousand dollars. Okay, enough to get
1: you by while you're there. Yeah, could be for several years, but and you know it definitely depends on the situation of the veteran. That's exactly right. What else should we know? I I know that there's there's adaptations for vehicles and things like that, and I don't want to jump too far from talking about the uh, special benefits for people with physical handicaps, but that's often something I I hear in conversation. Yeah, about, so you know, the, I need the, a the ones, wheelchair the one, to get in
2: a car and it's expensive yeah. and the one for the vehicles is a little more complicated and it's exactly what you imagine. Now I need to use a vehicle and I need special vehicle adaptations, right? Special vehicle whatever. That is administered primarily through the Veterans Health Administration because it's driven by your physical and medical limitations. But it's it's the same kind of thing. They determine you need this, you know, you go and you go and figure it out you work with the manufacturers to get it the money goes right to the manufacturer so again it's a good program it's designed to be very helpful but there is an element of you know three people trying to help you that generally can take some time so you're just not going to roll into a car dealership and leave with one of these vehicles you're going to go through a process to make sure it's right appropriate and then to make sure it's constructed and the amount of money Gets you what you want, so you're not leaving with Lamborghini, but you're going to deal with this. So yeah, there are programs. There are programs like that.
1: That is interesting. That is separate from the benefits side and yeah. with of a medical adaptation for transportation yeah. as opposed to living, which you would think that would probably be more important.
2: Yeah, well, you know, in the de- it, it depends upon how these things came to be, and I think probably the focus on the medical was okay. What 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 are? Bear with me here because this is not my expert limitations of your limbs your ability to move in and out of a car, you know what I'm saying? As opposed to a van, like what you would need. So I see a lot of reasons why the medical analysis is appropriate.
1: Absolutely. So before we go, is there anything else that we should cover? Because we're trying to get straight to the point. We've talked about three significant benefits that are for veterans, and we touched on a fourth, but three significant benefits. One, if you're in a wheelchair or something similar, One, if you need some adaptations and then a temporary adaptation while you're living with someone else or some other situation. Right. Anything else that we should cover and straight to the point about benefits for veterans with physical handicaps?
2: Yeah, just a couple of things. One of, of course, you know, a lot of this depends upon your discharge, not dishonorable for benefits. So you got to pay attention to that. The ones for the housing adaptation, the temporary one, are administered by the folks who do the home loan guarantee. So these guys are home focused. And like I said before, really pretty good team. There's a special number. So a lot of this information is on the website, but there's a special number where experts help veterans do this. So my advice is call early, call often and discuss them. So you get somebody who will help you through the process. So let me give you that number. It's 877-827-3702. That gets you right to the housing people and you can talk about these sort of things. And again, patience is the wrong Word because it sounds like it's difficult, you know, it's they're stalling you, but it is there's a lot of details, and so I think f- folks need to understand it isn't going to, it isn't a quick thing, but it probably shouldn't be a quick thing. You want to make sure it's done right. A lot of actors make it difficult, and it depends upon choices the veteran makes. So if they live in a place where a lot of contractors, a lot of construction, it might go faster, probably will go faster. Than a place where there's not. And so there's just need to be that all just needs to be understood.
1: And they want to make sure that you're not getting ripped off. Your your adaptations last and they're not, you know, handholds well put into the drywall. As soon as you actually need it, it comes crumbling down. So I I've seen all those things happen. Nobody braced them and I've seen those things happen. So they definitely want to make sure those don't happen and people get more hurt because <laughs> and they already got paid and they've moved on to the next job. Yep. Well, thank you, Paul, for telling us about these special benefits. I know that it's a lot of different stuff that people are, especially if you're dealing with a a wheelchair or blindness or one of these very significant disabilities that impact your ability to affect the world and move about your own home. But thankfully, there are programs out there. It's probably a little bit challenging to get through because, you know, you're dealing with a bureaucracy and they're just trying to make sure all the right things are covered. You know, it takes like eight cooks to make a soup in the (laughs) VA. And the soup's usually pretty good at the end, but it depends on how much you engage. And it's not a participant-free process. That's probably the biggest thing I took away. You have to go out and get quotes. You have to make sure that it's the right things, and they'll tell you all these things. So go reach out to them if you know somebody that is wheelchair or blind or some other disability that affects their ability to be in the home better to go ask and be told no than to not ask at all. Because if you are disabled, you're more likely eligible. Go get that, that assistance that you definitely deserve. And thank you so much for joining us on Straight to the Point. And again, thank you, Dr. Paul Lawrence, the former Under Secretary of Benefits for the Veterans Affairs. I almost said Veterans Benefits again, but I'm getting it straight. Thanks again, Paul.
0: Great to be with you, Tyler. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on Straight to the Point with Dr. Paul Lawrence and Dr. Tyler Piron. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and a review. Want to keep up with Dr. Lawrence? Connect with him on LinkedIn. You can also follow us on Instagram at Well underscore BTS or on Twitter at cominghomewell. Thanks again. And until all are home and all are well, this is Coming Home Well.